So good morning, good morning everybody and welcome. Welcome to Sunday morning here at Essex Church and to this, our gathered community of Kensington Unitarians. If you're here, you're part of this community. And if, if you've not arrived yet, you can still be part of the whole. And if you're listening to this service at some point in the future on a podcast, please feel particularly welcomed and connected. Maybe get in touch to let us know that you tuned in. Because if there's a clear message that we're trying to convey in today's service, it is that you matter. Your unique gifts are of value to our world. And together, we can encourage one another to express more of who we truly are. Our ministry theme for the month of June is a celebration of the part creativity and the arts play in our lives. And um, I have some opening words from the Rabbi Abraham Heschel. He reminding us that uh, to live life as if it were a work of art. Life as if it were a work of art. And he imagines that he's just got one minute to advise young people how to live. But of course, this is a message for all of us, whatever our ages. I would say to young people a number of things, and I have only one minute. I would say, let them remember that there is a meaning beyond absurdity. Let them be sure that every little deed counts, that every word has power. And that we do, every one, our share to redeem the world. In spite of all absurdities and all the frustrations and all the disappointment. And above all, remember that the meaning of life is to live life as if it were a work of art. Words of advice from Rabbi Heschel. So our simple chalice flame is lit it's connecting us with Unitarian and Unitarian Universalist communities the world over. And it's reminding us to value the freedoms we may oft take for granted. Freedom to think our own thoughts, live our own lives, to love who we love and to be who we truly are. So we're moving into a time of prayer and stillness now. as I'm calling on the sustaining spirit of life and love to be here now that one creative spirit that manifests in so many different forms throughout our world the one spirit the one light that shines through all that exists let there be light And let there be understanding. Let there be compassion along all the paths that humanity creates. In a moment of stillness now, let us sense that one light shining within us, connecting us with all else that exists. And as as we consider our own lives, I invite each of us, if it feels right to do this, to find something for which we can give thanks in the week that has passed. 
however small, let's kindle a flame of gratitude in our hearts. And probably for each of us, there will have been times in this last week where we've fallen short of how we might wish to be. Let's light a flame of compassion in our hearts for our own failings. And spread that compassion to those who have angered us or caused us pain in the last week. And as we widen our attention to the cares of this world, we might each in our own way focus on an area of need. Imagining our caring thoughts translating into positive, creative action. Let us together assert that humanity can work with imagination and passion to renew hope and possibility in this world of ours, this day and all days. Amen. We, um, we have a reading now, and because it's so beautiful, it's um, written by the Irish theologian John O'Donoghue. It's called A Treasure House of Wonders, and um, because it's so beautiful, we put the words on your hymn sheet. Um, and also on the hymn sheet is, is an introduction to this uh, month's ministry theme of arts and creativity. These monthly themes are, are designed to encourage everyone to get involved and particularly this month do have a think if there's anything that you'd like to bring to one of these Sunday gatherings and come and have a chat if there is so let's um, hear these uh, words of John O'Donoghue's and then there are a few reflective thoughts after that over to Annie <coughs> the life within us calls out for expression this is what creativity serves. It endeavours to bring some of our hidden life to expression in order that we might come to see who we are. When we're creative, we help the unknown to become known, the visible to be seen, and the rich darkness within us to become illuminated. No human being is ever actually there. Each of us is emerging in every moment. When we discover our creativity, we begin to attend to this constant emergence of who we are. Our creativity is excited by what is new, different, and concealed within us. While the outside world has long settled for who we are in terms of name, personality, and role, when we creatively engage our life, we enable the signature, taste, and imprint of our uniqueness to emerge.
This is what begins to emerge when we come to the desk and look into the mirror of the white page. Beneath the white page, in the stillness, a harvest of untouched possibility waits. Every heart is full of creative material. There are depths in hungering towards the light. The deeper we attend to the soul, the more we realize what a treasure house we have inherited. listen to his words for a long time a great writer and with those words in mind um, I'd ask you to consider well what what is calling out for expression within you from within you at this moment and and what gifts of the spirit might you be able to channel for the greater good of all And what could be stored waiting in the treasure house within each of us? Lovely thoughts. This is Nourishing the Creative Life by Clarissa Pinkola Estes. Creativity is a shape changer. One moment it takes this form, the next that. It's like a dazzling spirit who appears to us all, yet is hard to describe, for no one agrees on what they saw in that brilliant flash. Are the wielding of pigments and canvas, paint rollers and wallpaper evidence of its existence? How about pen and paper, flower borders on the garden path, building a university? Yes, yes. Touching with love the leaves of a plant, finding one's own voice. Loving someone well, yes. Tending to a marriage like the orchard it is, finding the shapely word, sewing a blue curtain, all are of the creative life. All of these are from the river beneath the river, which flows and flows into our lives. Some say the creative life is in ideas. Some say it is in doing. It seems in most instances to be in a simple being. It is not virtuosity, although that is very fine in itself. It is the love of something, having so much love for something, whether a person, an image, an idea, the land or humanity, that all that can be done with the overflow is to create. It is not a matter of wanting to, not a singular act of will, one solely must. The creative force flows over the terrain of our psyches, looking for the natural hollows, the valleys, the channels that exist in us, We become its tributaries, its basins. We are its pools, ponds, streams and sanctuaries. The wild creative force flows into whatever beds we have for it, those we are born with, as well as those we dig with our own hands.
Thank you. That was beautiful. Oh, that's a lovely uh, introduction to our meditative time now. The, there's a Balinese saying, uh, we have no art, everything we do is art. And I'm, I'm going to invite you to take that idea into this time of meditation now, if you wish. So this is a time for you, for your thoughts, your inner processes can be percolating away. Maybe new thoughts will emerge, different perspectives. I invite you to consider the whole of life as artistic process. And to consider what your particular forms of creative expression are. I know you have creative thoughts and ideas. I suspect you have creative approaches to life issues and social justice causes that touch your heart. Are you creative in your homemaking or in the way you garden or dress? Is your friendship uh, an art form? Are you bringing a creative response to the serious issues in life that you are having to deal with? As we enter this time of shared silence together now, which comes to an end with a chime from our bell, I invite you to consider that everything in life is your art and your form of creative expression. Let's rest gently now in that fellowship together. a sermon in itself that hymn isn't it but now time for another one sit comfortably rest yourselves go to sleep go out in the garden do whatever you need to do to be hot on a day like this but i know i'm not the only person here who's fascinated by discoveries of art and craft work created by our early human ancestors some some 40,000 years ago or more individuals and groups engaging in art and craft projects. Isn't that a great thought? Making jewellery, carving figures in bone and tusk, painting on cave walls, creating musical instruments. I think some of us uh, went to see the uh, recent exhibition at the British Museum on, on religion and beliefs called Living with Gods. And uh, if you did go to that exhibition, I think you'll remember as clearly as I do, the, the very first piece in the exhibition comes from prehistoric times, found hidden deep in a cave in modern-day Germany, standing around 30 centimetres high. It's a figure of an imaginary creature, half lion, half man, carved from mammoth tusk. 
Now, the estimate is that it would have taken someone over 400 hours to carve such a figure with Stone Age tools, 400 hours. And that little detail tells us, perhaps, how much early humans valued creativity and what it could bring them. Access to a world of imagination. There is a profoundly creative spirit in us humans, isn't there? And how much that spirit is valued and encouraged, that varies greatly throughout history, through different societies, different families, and through different educational systems. I really, really hope that none of you face the kind of education that is described in the opening words of Charles Dickens's novel, Hard Times. As an opening to a novel, I, 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 it is one of my favourite. It, it begins with the absolutely ghastly Mr. Gradgrind, and his name alone describes his character, factory owner, speaking out against artistic and imaginative pursuits. Now, he says, what I want is facts. Teach these boys and girls nothing but facts. Facts alone are wanted in life. Plant nothing else and root everything else out. You can only form the minds of reasoning animals upon facts. Nothing else will ever be of any service to them. Mr. Gradgrind. Yet, in the end, if you've ever read the novel, through the character of Sissy Jupe, who, just her name alone, expresses something rather more interestingly artistic, doesn't it? Child of a circus performer, a kind-hearted and emotionally astute character, through her we come to realise that we humans need creativity in order to be fully human. We have a part to play in the creative exuberance of this universe and a part that is uniquely ours. No one can create in quite the way that we can. Through our creativity, we are expressing the unique being that each of us is. Martha Graham, the uh, really innovative dancer and choreographer, described it like this. There is a vitality, she said a life force, an energy, a quickening that is translated through you into action. And because there is only one of you in all time, this expression is unique. And if you block it, it will never exist through any other medium and it will be lost. So Martha Graham is viewing creativity as dwelling within each of us, as flowing through us, and this process of flowing can be encouraged and strengthened, or it can be blocked and lost. We heard an Irish writer and theologian, John O'Donoghue's words earlier on, describing that treasure house of wonders dwelling within us. Further on in his book, Eternal Echoes, which I've got somewhere, it's down there, it's from our library, and actually we've got a stand there of some other books from the library that you might like to borrow at some point. So in his book, Eternal Echoes, an exploration of our hunger to belong, O'Donoghue describes the inner prisons that we sometimes create for ourselves. Fear and negativity, he writes, are immense forces which we constantly tussle with. 
they long to turn the mansions of the soul into haunted rooms. These are the conditions for which fear and negativity long and in which they thrive. We were sent here to live life to the full. And when you manage to be generous in your passion and your vulnerability, life always comes to bless you. Words from John O'Donoghue. He's creating there a rich contrast, isn't he, between the soul's true nature, described as a spacious and elegant mansion, and then the haunted room created by fear and negativity. Now, an inner prison is a strong image. I don't know if it resonates with any of you in relation to your creative expression. But, you know, for me, it sometimes has felt like symbolic prison walls do need to be dismantled in my mind, in my sense of who I am and what I'm capable of, before I can express my inner creativity. And one of the learnings that's come to me through this process is the ending of the illusion that the creative creativity was about me alone. Now, my education was not as grim as that described so clearly in Dickens's Hard Times, but, you know, it was an education system based on competition and on comparisons between students, on ranking achievements in a hierarchical way. Now, I really hope that today's children are being encouraged to express themselves and value themselves for who they are and what they uniquely can bring to our material world of form. Because paradoxically, once we accept that our gifts are unique, would you know, then we can move beyond limiting ideas that our unique gifts join in a creative whole, if that makes sense to you. So no longer is it just us, we're all joining together in creativity. We are all then the creative spirit, engaging with life. Engaging in creativity is a kind of relational activity, not an isolated individualistic path at all. And another prison that's ended for me is the prison of thinking that creativity can only take certain forms. You know, you know the list. Painting a picture, singing a song, writing a book, knitting a jumper. Now I realise that all of life is creative expression. How we tidy up, bringing order where there was chaos. How we work on our friendships. How we cook a meal or choose to dress and exercise and wash and clean. How we arrange a vase of flowers. These are all ways in which we express who we are. We're bringing our own inner spirit out into the world and we're meeting the inner lives of others and we're creating new sparks, new sparks of innovation and imagination, deepening our sense of community. And in that way, art and freedom and creativity can be a force of change in society. They can move humanity forward. At the start, I mentioned those early humans some 40,000 years ago, engaging in creative projects seemingly for the love of it because they could and because their society clearly valued their creative expressions. But you know, recent studies on cave art in, found in Spain now suggest that it wasn't only Homo sapiens that valued crea creativity. Neanderthals, too, are found to have decorated cave walls and seashells some 65,000 years ago or more. And of course, 
if we just expand our thinking a bit further, all living creatures are creative in the living of their lives. There are nest builders out in our gardens singing at one another at the moment. There are problem solvers everywhere, adaptable to their changing circumstances. All that exists here on planet Earth is engaged in a creative experiment, an exuberant expression of life itself, filled with vitality, with energy, with an unknown spark that is truly remarkable. And you know, I wonder what we'll all do next. Amen. So, may we take hold of the gifts of life as the co-creators that we are. May we find ever more creative ways in which to live our lives. And in that creativity, may we balance courage and humility, wonder and determination, joy and an awareness of the deeper currents of life for the greater good of all. Amen. Amen. Go well and blessed be.